0: It's. Uh, I don't think it's, it's not one of those topics that we should. I don't think we should. You know, always want to focus on because then it's just doom and gloom. But it's something that we have to look at and we have to talk about and we have to discuss because it's all throughout the Bible, and um, and especially as it relates to the forerunner calling, the forerunner message, um, the forerunner, You know. Part of that message is the coming judgments of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, So tonight, what's on my heart is really talk about two things. Yes, the coming judgments of the Lord, the end time judgments of the Lord, which is not on, uh, not against believers or the body of Christ or the church, um, but is actually directed towards the Antichrist and his army and those who end up taking the mark of the beast. Um, so that's one, and to talk a little bit on that, but uh, but I also want to talk about something that Peter talked about in his uh, in First Peter chapter four, which he says mm. um, the judgments of the Lord begin in the house of God. Mm. So, good. Um, what does that look like? What does that mean? Just want to mm. so so when we were in that time of prayer, it just hit me because at the end of my message that night, I, I began to talk about something that was related to, to the prophetic word uh, that, I want to, that I'll read and it was basically how um, God wants all like we're coming to, into a time in the body of Christ we're not there yet but it's coming where our choices and our choices to the Lord are going to matter a lot more than they are they're important now but there's a coming day where it's it's going to be all or nothing
1: Mm-hmm. like that's right
0: it'll be all the Lord or nothing yeah. or we're gonna be swept away either into deception
2: mm-hmm.
0: we're gonna uh worshiping the antichrist mm-hmm. or the Lord's just gonna take you out, take us out <laughs> like mm-hmm. I really do and it's it's that it is sobering and uh mm-hmm. so um but it just hit me that like oh my gosh, because i was when i was for those of you who who were here and I'm not sure if you remember, but I was like talking about those things a little bit and i was like oh man like i did, I wanted to end on a positive note yeah. i didn't want to stay on that but it was like oh my gosh and like when i can't you know when i was in that time of worship i'm like oh my goodness like i can't be afraid to yeah. you can't be afraid to talk about those things because mm-hmm. they're real
1: yeah
0: like it's, it's real and the bible also talks about the great falling away the apostle mm-hmm. paul talks about that i think mm-hmm. and, it's either in Thessalonians or Galatians and maybe Dan's already talked about that. Mm-hmm. But anyways, uh, gonna, and that's already taking place. I there's personal people and that both myself, Nori, and my family knows mm-hmm. that have walked strong with the Lord and now they're just mm-hmm. completely the whole opposite. Yeah. But uh Yeah. So it's uh anyways. Yeah. Well let's just so I'm mm-hmm. glad we were laughing first. You know, that Lord was preparing our hearts. But, uh, okay. but, won't, but it'll be good. But I, so I'm going to be throwing some stuff out there for you guys to chew on. And you guys to, to take to yourselves and and, and and take to the Lord. You mm-hmm. know, if something resonates with your heart, mm-hmm. latch on to those things. Whether it's my teacher or whoever's teaching, you know, latch on to those things. If, if, if it's things you haven't heard before, you're unsure of bring those things to the Lord and ask God show me you know like don't just take our word for it Mm -hmm. take the Bible's word for it take the Holy Spirit's witness in your spirit for it that's what that's one of the things I I I Mm love when I was in the night watch because uh, some of the things that I would hear Mike Bickle say maybe it was my first time ever hearing it maybe not anything new to the church as far as church history goes but new to my ears and then I would hear somebody not even related to Mike Bickle say the same thing I was like oh my goodness uh-huh. Like, this is for real. Like, uh-huh. anyways. Yeah. So, so I'm gonna read my introduction, and then I'm gonna read a prophecy. Um, so, um, God is raising up forerunners like John the Baptist, who pre- who will prepare the way of the Lord's second coming, just like John the Baptist prepared the way for his first. Um, forerunners from all over the globe will prepare people for the greatest time in history. Uh, The second coming of Christ and all the activities that will be taking place at that time. Um, They will be rooted and grounded in the love and affections of the coming bridegroom. We will declare the coming rule and reign of the King of Kings and the coming judgments uh, from the judge of all the earth. Um, Forerunners will bear fruit in producing hearts that come into an agreement with Jesus and his leadership at the end of the age. So, important thing to to remember as we are discussing these things tonight is like Forerunners are are rooted and grounded in the love and the affections of the bridegroom. So You just mm-hmm. know that from the outset. <laughs> like, and um, okay, so one of the things related to Jesus and who he is and, and his characteristics and identity, um, him as the bridegroom, him as our shepherd and savior doesn't separate him from being the judge of the earth. Mm-hmm. Doesn't separate him from uh, for even his discipline upon our own lives or his judgments of our own lives at times or his assessment. Um, a lot of times we don't want to talk talk about that God. A lot of the body press relate that. Relate a God of uh, say judgment or a God of discipline to the God of the Old Testament and not the New, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's all... He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. Yeah. And that's scripture, what I just quoted. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. So, this is the prophecy I'm going to read. It's just a very small portion of it, but it's from actually from IHOP Kansas City's Blueprint Prophecy. Mm. And it's a. Um, yeah, just a short part of it. And that was uh, if you go into their prophetic history. Um, You can find it on YouTube. It's uh, like one of the, there's like 10 10 teachings on it. It's one of the latter ones, but Mike Bickle goes, talks about it a lot. It's actually quite uh, intriguing and like awesome how they got this word and and what it meant, what it means to the House of Prayer in Kansas City and also what it means to us here too. Because if you didn't know, Mm -hmm. like we share the same spiritual DNA Mm -hmm. as IHOP Kansas City. Like, this is a forerunner, praying, end times, bridegroom, ministry, like same spiritual Mm -hmm. DNA, like hands down. Mm -hmm. And so if this resonates with you, receive it. (laughs) Um, So it says, so here is part of the prophetic word that they got. Um, And just a little bit of the backstory is like, Mike Rickle got a word that they would receive this thing called the blueprint prophecy. They didn't know how it would come and God's spirit just dropped on this random person that lived in the backwoods of I think Missouri or wherever and the guy's not even a a prophet but the spirit of the Lord falls on him Mm -hmm. and he has this, writes this whole prophetic word Mm -hmm. and God tells him give this to Mike Bickle, he'll understand what it is and he titled it like the blueprint prophecy and prior to that God told him, you are going to receive the blueprint prophecy Mm -hmm. and so one day this prophecy shows up at their door Um, Mm. and uh, and this is part of it and it has to do with the whole forerunner message and uh, forerunner calling Um, so it says for there are many that shall be raised up at the appointed time for the world to see and this is part of the ministry of the end time church Um, for even as I have called John the Baptist to make ready a people uh, for the Lord even so shall this be a church that bears the forerunner spirit that was upon John. And I just, that's so applicable to East Bay Prayer Furnace mm-hmm. and this whole, you know, other houses of prayer. And it goes on to say, This shall be a spirit of preparation and of preparedness, uh, for this is the separation work. For I called for my people to come out and be ye separate, even unto me.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and for I will not have a piece of a people, <laughs> but it shall be all or none. Wow. <laughs> like we're coming we're not there yet, but we're coming into those days where it'll be all or none, mm-hmm. and that's very sobering. Mm-hmm. But that's why we're in a we're in the place of preparation. Mm-hmm. God's preparing us; He's preparing His bride mm-hmm. for that day. Mm-hmm. In Ephesians five, talking mm-hmm. about His love for the church, He says, uh, "My church will have no spot or wrinkle." Like that's for real. Like that's just not a fancy yeah way of uh, just a just some a metaphor. Like that's for real like God his church will have no spot or wrinkle before he returns mm-hmm. and so there's uh, I know there's a there's a lot of work that he needs to do in me and I'm trusting that he's that there's a lot of work that he needs to do and you as well mm-hmm. and that's what we're in we're in a preparation season um, and who knows how long we have I'm not saying uh, who knows how long this preparation season is because I tell you what I'm very acquainted with my weaknesses and my shortcomings and failures on a daily base, basis and, uh, and I um, taste and, and, and the love and kindness and the grace and the mercy of the Lord daily. Mm-hmm. So um, I just throw that out there as well. So, uh, mm-hmm. uh, so it says, for I've called my people to come out and be ye separate, even unto me. Um, for I will not have a piece of the people, but it shall be all or none. And then it says, I place in your hands the final decision and you should go forth by faith. And I love this part. And in my grace is my tolerance and contingency for flesh. Um, so he will prepare us. And it reminds me of a another prophetic word that I, I heard recently um, by a prophetic minister uh, by the name of Bob, Bobby Connor. I mean, you know who he is. He's a well-established prophetic minister. You can find mm-hmm. so many of his... Teachings on YouTube. He's like, I think he's eight, almost 80 years old now, and he like preaches like five times a week. Like, he's like, anyways, amazing stories, amazing encounters with God. And one of the things, I just want to throw this kind of stuff out there for you guys tonight. One of the things he said, like, this is like five, like five years ago, but he said, uh, the Lord told him, Tell my people that I detest um, multitasking when you when they when they're seeking me. <laughs> Tell my people. Wow. And the point was, then he also had uh, Jeremiah twenty nine, uh, a verse from Jeremiah twenty nine in this thing where it says, uh, they will seek you find me when they seek me with all their hearts. And the point was mm. like I mean just think about that. Like God detests when I'm multitasking and I'm trying to seek his face when mm. I'm worshiping this again and I sneak text on my phone or whatever the distraction could be. Like Mm -hmm. you could you know that came from bobby connor so you could you know take that how you want or receive it or not but uh but the point was like we won't be able to touch the heart of god as much as we want when we're distracted that was the heart that was the heart of what he was saying
2: Mm -hmm. what's that it's in
0: jeremiah 29 it's after i want to say it's after verse 11 you know uh Mm -hmm. probably know the plans i have for you to And he says that they will seek and find me when they seek me with all their heart. Mm -hmm. So, again, the point of him saying that was like, just not going to touch the heart of God when we're distracted. Mm. Um, I was just like, wow. And my my thing I want to throw out also to you guys is, do we know God like that? Mm. Do we know God who detests our distractions when we're saying we're seeking him? Mm. Like, do we? Do we know God like that?
2: Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Right? I'm afraid, I, I don't think we do, like, honestly.
2: Mm-hmm. We
0: know him as the loving father that he is, the bridegroom or heavenly husband, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. or but I don't know that we know God as much as we think we do. Mm-hmm. Like, So I just love, I just, when I hear Bobby Connor say something like that, I just receive, it. I just believe that God spoke through him, and that's probably true. Mm-hmm. Like, anyways, I'm trying to think of the other, other thing he said after that, but I can't. But you could look it up YouTube. Bobby Conner, God detests multitasking, and you'll find the five minute thing that he says on that. And it's Damn. like, God, sometimes I'm afraid like some people can't handle yeah. the hard words from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bobby Conner, one of the things I love about him, he's a Texas redneck by his own admission, mm-hmm. and he's a before he got saved he was a rough and tough dude so he can he tells these things how God and God doesn't speak to everybody the same way he might mm-hmm. chastise and rebuke or discipline you a different way than he disciplines me or him but I, I love and I'm just gonna refer back to him because I feel the Lord on this uh, in one of his teachings the Lord told them to study the song of Solomon and he told him he's just his his interactions with the Lord are funny and it's humorous I mean he tells them, I don't get anything out of that book and The Lord tells them well, you don't know nothing about kissing. <laughs> and he's like, what? Because <laughs> like the first verse in the Song of Solomon is kiss yeah. me with the kisses of your word.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. So it was anyways, he goes into this whole thing. And so he ends up studying the Song of Solomon and his heart gets rocked. You know what I mean? But anyways, I love it. So it's just. <laughs> so uh, yeah, where do I go from there? But <laughs> it's, it's just funny it's, you gotta listen to it you can YouTube that too Bobby Connor's Song of Solomon <laughs> when he has several encounters where he's like God tells him to be, he's like God I don't want to do that <laughs> and then anyways and God will just bring this cut right to the heart of things so let's see so I didn't have the paper all, so I have no cards so uh, blueprint for see if, uh, okay another thing I want to just so one of the things that if you're not aware of but god's glory as we've seen in the book of acts is coming back to the church Mm
2: -hmm.
0: it's coming back we we i know in the church we have tastes of it and there's been awesome revivals Mm -hmm. but it still hasn't even compared to what we've seen in the book of acts Mm -hmm. and what i'm referring to is acts chapter five Mm
2: -hmm.
0: chapters actually the first chapters one through five we see a glory on the first church in ways that we haven't seen it yet and what I'm referring to is there's a couple Mm -hmm. who lied Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and got taken out I mean dead and buried Yeah. and this is New Testament church this is after Jesus died suffered and died and rose again Mm and that couple's name was Ananias and Sapphira you guys might know the story, might not Mm -hmm. but if you don't well, I would want you, I read encourage you to read books. it, read it tonight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what was happening was they were selling property. They had all, it all since they had all things in common. People were selling their, their property so that there could be things for the poor amongst them. Mm-hmm. It talks about a man named Barnabas who sold property and gave all, laid all his proceeds at the feet of the fossils. Well, this couple, Ananias and Sapphira sold some property. They kept some of the money back from themselves, but told the apostles that they gave all. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And the husband was the first one accountable, struck dead. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, could you imagine that? Like, you go to church with a lie on your lips and you're gone. You're taken out and you're getting buried. You're coming to my work Mm -hmm. and we're going to bury you because you lied at (laughs) church. Sorry. Because you cheated on your taxes. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Because you, you know, because you had a extramarital affair whatever it may be mm. you know what i'm saying mm. we're talking about that kind of thing coming back on the church mm. like it's sobering to think about mm. it's like this is, that's new testament mm. christianity new testament church mm. this is the kind of things god's preparing us for and this is the kind of place he's made prayer for us where you get prepared for mm. those kinds of things mm. like i love that you guys are doing an i environment honestly like i'm uh it just touches my heart because I know I've been in those kinds of seasons that you're in, where you get to come and have extended time here and receive teachings and cherish, cherish this internship, cherish this time, because mm-hmm. um, you never know how long it'll uh, it'll be um, and and where God moves you on from here or whatnot. And so, uh, mm-hmm. but cherish it and get get in here as much as you can because this is a season for you guys and um, yeah anyways and, uh, and let, let's let's swirl the prophetic swirls keep coming mm-hmm. um, okay. okay so Ananias and Sapphira fell under the judgment of the Lord taken out he lied first and and she his wife knew about the lie and she comes in and the apostle Paul puts her to the test is she going to tell the truth or lie and he says and she lied and boom taken out <laughs> buried
2: mm-hmm.
0: And uh, I want to say this. I'm going to throw this out to guys, out to you guys. that like God is not opposed and is completely just in taking people out.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm talking about like,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I don't, I don't know a soft way to say it, but for taking somebody's life, completely just.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like who's going to argue with God? And say God, you weren't just, and you were wrong towards Ananias and Sapphira. No, that's a humanistic spirit. Mm-hmm. Like oh, they could have. Why couldn't you done it a different way where mm-hmm. they repented and forgave? No, there was such a glory on the church at that time where people were putting people out on the street to get healed just so uh, by Peter's shadow.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: We haven't seen that in, what, 2,000 years. Not that we haven't seen awesome miracles, mm-hmm. but we haven't seen somebody's shadow healing. Like, maybe there are testimonies out there where that's happening, but I haven't heard any. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like We're talking about that kind of glory. And so it makes me think about other chapters in the Bible. Look at Exodus.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Exodus chapter 3, Moses encounters the Lord at the burning bush. That was the pre-incarnate Christ at the burning bush. Mm-hmm. He gets his call and commission mm-hmm. to go forth, mm-hmm. to go forth. And this reminds me of the other thing that Bobby Connor spoke. Uh, uh, so if I get past Moses, bring me back to uh, that Bobby <laughs> Connor thing. So he gets his call and commission to go, to go deliver the people, mm-hmm. to deliver the people out of Egypt in the very next chapter. God's going to take his life because mm-hmm. he didn't circumcise his son.
2: Wow.
0: He was about to, he was, it says there's no way of getting around. it. It's like, what God, you just called and commissioned this man to be the deliverer of your people. And because he didn't circumcise his son, that was disobedience. Mm-hmm. God was going to take his life mm-hmm. and it was Moses' wife who circumcises his son and throws the foreskin on his feet and says, you're a bridegroom of blood to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I wondering, how did she even was in that thing? How did she even know she was, maybe God told her, I'm going to take his life unless you intervene right now. Maybe that was intercession right there from yeah. his wife. Yeah. God was going to take him out. Mm-hmm. Deliverer of Israel. Okay, he had a praying wife. Yeah. <laughs> say it like that. Day. Really? And I think about, and this isn't all the examples in the Bible, just ones I can think about, Uzzah. Mm-hmm. David's bringing the Ark of God into the city
2: mm-hmm. of
0: Jerusalem. They didn't do it the proper way the first time. The Levites had to carry the Ark on poles. That was the God's prescribed way, and the way he ordained it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but they had the Ark on a cart, being pulled by oxen. They hit a bump in the road, the Ark begins to wobble Uzzah puts out his hand to steady the ark of God, struck dead on the spot.
2: Mm.
0: Is God just or unjust for doing that? Completely just, though it seems so harsh to us, right? It does. I'm like, God, that is so harsh. Even David was distraught, discouraged, frustrated, angry, and scared of the Lord that day. Because when he's like, what the heck just happened? I mean, it was a full-on procession from mm-hmm. Kiriath-Jerim to Jerusalem. I mean, singers, musicians. Mm-hmm. They had their worships. You know, it was full on. Generals, leaders of the army. This was a big deal.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Big celebration. Boom, struck dead. Luckily, How <laughs> the ark goes to obed Edom's house. And God encourages David because obed Edom begins to be blessed. And David begins to whisper, God's blessing obed Edom, because it's ark. I feel mm-hmm. like God did that on purpose and gave David, courage. Okay, how do we do this? Mm-hmm. So I, he sought the Lord. He sought the Word. Oh, we need to do this the right way. Yeah. The Ark comes in Psalms 132. You know, mm-hmm. Ark comes into Jerusalem uh, to its resting place—not uh, to its, not to the temple, but to the mm-hmm. tent of David, Tabernacle of David. So, anyways, there's Uzzah. Um, I want to talk about a Bob Jones story that you could also mm-hmm. find on the on the internet on the internet on the world on, on youtube
2: <laughs> so this is
0: before if you don't know who bob jones is another prophetic man he's passed away he was actually very uh him and bobby connor had a very close relationship bob jones and mike bickle had a very close relationship there was this huge prophetic season extended season that uh, bob jones had with mike bickle and preparing him to raise up the house of prayer in kansas city mm-hmm. huge Very intriguing man to the House of Prayer and so many other uh, ministries from Bill Johnson in Bethel to Bobby Connor, Paul Keith and so many others. Mm -hmm. But uh, prophetic man, prophetic. He was a seer. Had these crazy, crazy encounters with the Lord. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't even believe. Um, And so, and so. But before he was connected with Mike Bickle, he was a minister at this other church in the in the Midwest, and. There was a group of youth leaders that were pushing the envelope on stuff, stuff, and pushing the fence on some stuff. And uh, hello, welcome. (laughs) They were pushing the envelope on some stuff, and one of the things that Bob Jones warned about was, and for this, but that particular situation, it had to do with motorcycles. Mm -hmm. They just, and Bob Jones gave them a warning. Hey, Mm -hmm. Um, it wasn't just motorcycles, but that was one of the things. Like. Like this, he gave them a warning from the Lord. Like you need to stay away from some of the wild stuff you're doing. And one of the wild things, not that riding motorcycles is wild, for that group of people, whatever they were doing on these motorcycles, it was a danger and detriment to their lives. And Bob Jones warned them, and they didn't listen. And some of them, at least one couple, didn't listen to the warning of God, and they died.
2: Mm.
0: And um, so, anyways, and then they and the leaders end up kicking him out of the church. And he actually took a lot of black blood, they thought he would, anyways. With, uh, but he warned them. It was a warning from the Lord mm. stop doing this thing. Then not listen. Gone. Anyways, so. And I have one other, one more story. This is actually more close to home, actually more local. You can take it for what it is. Mm. I believe it with all my heart because I know this man is not a liar who told me this story. Mm. I think Amy might know the story. I haven't asked him permission to say who it is mm-hmm. or his name. So I, I, I can't, but uh, anyways, he's the local pastor.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And he tells the story when he was in college, wasn't even in Bible college, but he was in college and his, he was on a track to, to do, uh, not become, he's a pastor now, but not. Well, he was on a track to not become a pastor, but to work in the, uh, in the, in the what it, what it was, but it wasn't in ministry. And uh, he was on that track, and then there was this one moment he had with the Lord, and uh, he was battling with the world because he was feeling this tug of war, like, should I do ministry or should I do this? And he was on this track to do this other thing, and he had this encounter with the Lord where he knew that if he didn't choose to follow the Lord's path for him to become a minister, that God would kill him. Mm-hmm. Take that for what you want. Mm-hmm. Like, and when he tells the story, it's with all seriousness. Like, he had a sense and awareness, like the fear of the Lord. Even like, if I don't follow the Lord's path in my life, in my own path, the Lord's going to take me out.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, that's sobriety. That's so, so uh, sobering. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm. Like,
0: wow. Like, mm-hmm.
2: I'm
0: going to ask again, do we know God that way?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We have to know him this way, mm-hmm. as well as all the other ways
2: mm-hmm.
0: that we've talked, Bridegroom. Shepherd, savior of our souls. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Anyways. (laughs) So going back to the to the forerunner message, we know that you heard me speak on it before, John the Baptist is he's our prototype, really, in lifestyle, in devotion, in commitment. One of the things I love about john is that he wore that garments of camel hair mm-hmm. and it was purpose purposely uncomfortable
2: mm-hmm.
0: and that's a form of a fast sometimes when we fast food mm-hmm. and we give up something for the lord it can be uncomfortable
2: mm-hmm.
0: and that actually encourages me to fast because mm-hmm. i was like okay yes be uncomfortable for a while mm-hmm. put the sweets away for a while or whatever it is let that rub against your soul so you get something deeper in the lord he wore that on purpose he ate locusts and uh wild honey on purpose
2: mm-hmm.
0: no one gave him a forerunner manual this is what you should do mm-hmm. as a forerunner of the messiah he made like choices mm-hmm. like life choices and the lifestyle choices to live a fasted what we would call fasted lifestyle Anna. And it was purposeful. So that whole thing with the camels, that gives me courage to fast. It gives me courage to give up something for a little while. And, uh, anyways, but John the Baptist, some, th- some things we don't always talk about with him, especially um, and related to being a foreigner, is he wasn't, he wasn't afraid actually to talk about the judgments of the Lord. Actually, he spoke very frank about it. As a matter of fact, when he, he says He said the people are asking him, you know, who you are. He's all, he tells them, he's all, I'm not Elijah. I'm not the prophet. I'm the voice one, uh, voice one calling in the wilderness, Isaiah 40. Mm -hmm. And he says, Hey, I I baptized you with water, but there's coming one greater than I. Mm -hmm.
2: He's
0: talking about Jesus. And even in one passage, again, Johnny says, He's even amongst you right now. Mm -hmm. Some of this is my paraphrase. Mm but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Mm -hmm. Okay? Now, yes, we can, I like how Amy says it, there's layers of revelation to the scriptures, Mm -hmm. and there really is. Mm -hmm. So yes, we can interpret that fire as, and it's very appropriate as in a spiritual way, but I tell you, if you ask God to baptize you with fire, don't be surprised if some things start springing up in your heart that you might not have been aware of and it's not the devil messing with poking at you; it's the Lord answering your prayer for the baptism of fire. Well, cool. because we know in the scripture He says He's all all consuming fire, mm. and guess what? In our lives, He wants everything. It's good. And in our lives, He will shake everything that can be shaken, mm-hmm. so that we are ready on that day.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But are are we ready to endure His shaking? Sometimes it might not look like what you want. Oh, yeah, baptize me to the fire. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. More people speak. It might come, that baptism of fire might come in a different way than you might expect. It's good. <laughs> come on. Amen. Yeah. That's
1: right.
0: <laughs> so be careful what you pray, but pray for the baptism of fire. Mm-hmm. But, anyways, but in that passage, he's not necessarily speaking on the spiritual way for believers, he's talking about. The baptism of fire in the lake of hell for Mm non-believers. Because following that, he says, in one of the Gospels, talking about Jesus, his winnowing fork is in his hand. Mm -hmm. And he's ready to thresh out the wheat from the chaff. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And the chaff will burn with unquenchable fire. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: That's John the Baptist. The bright and shining lamp in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, he was the bright and shining lamp, the greatest man born of a woman. There's another passage where the religious leaders are coming to him. He says, "Brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come?" Because they weren't coming out there. These particular, this, uh, not all of them, but most of them, Sadducees and the Pharisees, they weren't coming out to be baptized by him. They were coming out to interrogate. Of course, who are you? Who gives you the right to do this? Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. He says, "Who warned you, you brood of vipers? Who warned you to flee the wrath to come?" The axe is already laid at the root.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Bear fruit and keeping repentance. Mm-hmm. And he goes on, you know, like I've never preached on John the Baptist that way. Mm-hmm. And he's the forerunner. You mm-hmm. <laughs> know? The forerunner of forerunners.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We gotta know him in this way. We gotta know the Lord in this way.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And not be afraid to talk about it. And not be afraid to discuss it. We have to. 1 Peter 4, 17-18. Someone want to read it? This is Peter talking about it. I encourage you to read it in context in context, in your own time, but just read what Peter talks about. He's talking about the judgments so of not only all the nations, you. but <laughs> he talks about the beginning of the house awesome of God.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I got it. For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God, and if it begins with us first, what will the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Now if the righteous one is scarcely saved, where will the ungodly and the sinner appear?
0: Nice, can you read that
1: again? Yeah. For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God, and if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Now, and then it's a quote If the righteous one is scarcely saved, where will the ungodly and the sinner appear? Unquote. So he's probably quoting Old Testament. Yeah, passage. probably an old
2: testament
1: passage, I'm looking for it. Thanks. Well, it's really small font for my eyes
0: <laughs> <laughs> so think about that we know mm-hmm. from scripture that judgment's coming on the nations and upon the antichrist and his army but, if it, but where does it begin in the house of God mm-hmm. first mm-hmm. he's going to shake everything that can be shaken mm-hmm. um I want to turn our attention to Revelation chapter 2, verses 3. This is God, the Lord, the Lord. This is, again, New Testament, words in red, Jesus' words, addressing the churches. Five out of the seven get a warning, some get a rebuke, they get an admonishment to turn and repent. And, and there's consequence, there's rewards if they do excellent, awesome rewards if they do, probably more than they deserve, and there's judgment to come if they're not mm-hmm. if they don't uh, we won't read them all, but first one was Ephesus
2: mm-hmm.
0: tells them, come back to your first love. he addresses I think a few other things too, but if they didn't turn, he says, I'm going to remove your lampstand, mm-hmm. you're shut down as a church Your light, as a lampstand, snuffed out. God's not opposed to closing church church doors, Mm -hmm. shutting things down, if things aren't right. Right? Is this okay? Is this good stuff? Is this okay? Yeah. Okay.
1: So good, Jay. Keep going.
0: Uh, Church of Pergamos was the next one. Which one did we get there? And some of them had some really big compromises going on in there
2: mm.
0: that had that had to be addressed protocol so what do you have against them it's uh, revelation 2 verses 14 but I have a few things against you because you have there that some will the teachings that belong and the teach who kept teaching Balak to put a stumbling block before the sons of Israel to eat things sacrificed to idols and to commit acts of them proudly. And thus you also have some who, in some way, hold to the teaching of the Nicolaitans says, Repent therefore, or else I'm coming to you quickly and I will make war against them with the word, with the sword in my mouth. <laughs> That's a judgment of the Lord upon that church. On some of, some of those churches If they don't repent mm-hmm. He's coming against To make war with them With the, war, with the sword of his mouth mm-hmm. It's a word of judgment Okay Where else Thyatira Church of Thyatira mm-hmm. But what's awesome Is God's so loving and kind mm-hmm. That he's just He's not he's just going to breathe out judgment He's mm-hmm. offering you Offering them warnings mm-hmm. He's offering time to repent And to get things right 'Cause that's who God is. He mm-hmm. doesn't just do things mm-hmm. he's, not some, he's not an angry God ready to just punish disobedience. Mm-hmm. He's a kind. he's kind. Mm-hmm. And he gives opportunity to repent, and reveals things. Okay, so Theotira, uh, What do they have against them? They had uh, they tolerated the woman Jezebel, calls herself a prophetess and teaches and leads. My bondservants astray, so that they commit acts of immorality and eating sacrificed to idols. Notice, I gave her time to repent, and she does not want to repent of her immorality. did I read that right? Yeah, she does not want to repent of her immorality. Behold, I will cast her upon a bed of sickness.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation, unless they repent of her deeds.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And this is these are crazy strong words. And I will kill her children with pestilence. Uh-huh. And all the churches will know that I am he who searches the mind and hearts. Uh-huh. This is Jesus, red letters, guys. Uh-huh. So that I am he who searches the minds and hearts, and I will give to each one of you according to your deeds. Uh-huh. But I say to you, the rest of you who are in Thyatira, you do not hold to this teaching, who am not knowing the deep things of Satan as they call him. I place no other burden on you. Uh-huh. Nevertheless, uh, what you have both fast until I come and then he gives the re- talks about the rewards for the o- overcomer mm-hmm. um, so going to chapter three Sardis um, mm-hmm. let's see I took the church and Sardis right. He who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars says this, I know your deeds, that you have a name, that you were alive, but you are dead. Wake up and strengthen the things that remain, which are about to die, for I have not found your deeds completed in the sight of my God. Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard, and keep it and repent. If, if therefore you will not, wake up. oh, Wake up. I will come like a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come upon you. Anyways, so actually, the Lord rebuked me in Bible college with that. when I did a paper on the on the Church of Sardis, and at that time, I didn't, I, I didn't fully wasn't mature enough to really understand what he was saying, and I didn't fully obey. Mm. And uh, anyways, but he, um, but it was it was a funny way in which he did that. But that brings me back to Bobby because I forgot the other thing he said. That's a part of that thing where he did a little detest multitasking when we're seeking him was that uh, partial obe- obedience is cloaked rebellion. the other thing he said on that. Uh-huh. Partial obedience is cloaked rebellion.
2: Uh-huh.
0: So my modern admonition for that is when God tells us to do something or asks us to do something, do it one hundred percent. Cause actually it was partial be- obedience on my my part that actually led me to a lot of trouble. <laughs> Where I I I I started to obey and I didn't obey fully. I I really big part of that was my immaturity part of it part of it was my immaturity at the time. But God was required full obedience to let this certain relationship go and I didn't. Mm-hmm. I, I started out to and then part of my, one of my weaknesses, sometimes our strengths are, can become our weaknesses, is my soft and caring heart, and I didn't want to hurt this person, mm-hmm. and when God said cut it off, it was to cut it off, mm-hmm. and I only bathed partially, and that led me to some trouble, <laughs> oh, I shared with that, mm-hmm. I think in September, some of the details on that, but, uh, so when we only obey partially, it's actually cloaked rebellion. God wants 100%. And yes, there's mercy and forgiveness when we fall for and redemption. He works all things out for the good of those who love him, called him unto into his purpose. And um, I can give you testimonies. Don't have time for it tonight in my own life where he's worked um, all things out. All my mistakes, all my failures for my good. Because that's who he is and that's who he said he is. But I also think having a genuine heart before the Lord, too like King David. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Sardis, you go into the last one was the church of La- La- Laodicea, which they were probably, could be argued they were the worst among the bunch, mm-hmm. but uh, they were the lukewarm church. The Lord said he would spit them out of his mouth because they say they are rich and become wealthy and have need of nothing yet. They were wretched and miserable, poor blind and naked. His admonition was then to buy for me gold refined by fire. Um, one of the ways you can look at that gold refined by fire is actually the word of God.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The gold refined by fire, one of the interpretations of that is it's his word. Get into the word, get the word in you. Uh, buy for me gold refined by fire that you may become rich in white garments that you may clothe yourself and that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and I, self to note your eyes that you may not see And I love this he goes those whom I reprove and discipline be zealous therefore and repent repent means change your mind <laughs> turn from whatever that behavior is to do the opposite uh, behold I stand at the door and knock if anyone hears my voice and opens the door I will come in to him and will dine with him and he with me Um, and uh, and a lot of evangelists use that for evangelism which is fine it's appropriate to do that but verse 20 is God's knocking on the door of the heart of the church of his people open up to me and I will come and dine with you we'll have table fellowship together we'll share a meal together I'll tell you things anyway then he goes on to the rewards. So, in the book of Hebrews, it says, like, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, it, and it can be. It really can. Um, uh, so, how much time do I have? I have? A few more minutes? Give me five more minutes. You guys got five more minutes? So, I'm going to transition from the church to. Mm-hmm. to what Mike Rickles says calls it Jesus in red mm. and on that prophetic history he's got a whole message on how God told him yes you, you you preach on the Jesus in white but what about the Jesus in red and I heard Mike Rickles say this several times he doesn't like to preach on the Jesus in red because mm-hmm. it's do you know what Jesus in red is? What Jesus, Jesus in red talking about his garments, his clothing <laughs> <laughs> wait wait I didn't hear what you said I, I
2: thought you meant Jesus in red as in like the part that's in the bible oh his words <laughs> yeah
0: you know, Jesus in red is talk, is referred to Isaiah 63 Revelation 19 you can you even throw in Genesis chapter 49 mm-hmm. it's his garments in red it's talking about his return mm-hmm. and uh yeah it's, ta- it's talking about his return so Turn to Isaiah Mm
2: sixty-three,
0: verses one through six. So my question for you is, and for my even myself, do we know the Jesus in red? Mm
2: -hmm.
0: We know him in white, right? Per se, like my gripper would say. But do we know him in red? Do we know him as the Lion of the Tribe of Judah, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: the Conquering King, glorious King, our King? Mm -hmm. We know him as the lamb or do we know him as the lion mm-hmm. it's a glorious picture it actually it goes to give us all over
2: mm-hmm.
0: like because he's coming he's coming back to a persecuted church
2: mm-hmm.
0: and a persecuted Israel mm-hmm. like, Israel's going to be surrounded the church is going to be persecuted and he's coming back to the church that's praying and the church that's singing love songs to him in the midst of all the end-time stuff. You catch that? He's coming back to a church that's singing, a church that's praying, a church that's waiting, a church without spot or wrinkle. He's coming back to for his bride. It's very explicit in the in Revelation, the Book of Revelation, the last chapter. It's the Spirit and the bride who say, what? Come. The, the Holy Spirit and the bride of Christ who say, come, return. You even go Song of Solomon's 8. It's like the companion passage to that. Let me hear your voice, my beloved. Come, my beloved. Come. Come and, and rule and reign upon the hills. Come conquering. He's coming back to songs, and a bride that's waiting full of hope in the midst of tribulation, persecution of a, of a real person called the Antichrist that's given power, even power over the saints. And he has an army and he's bent on conquering the world and exterminating Christians and Jews. Isaiah 42. Sing, sing, sing. And what happens after the singing? I will rouse up my zeal like a man of war. Here I come, I'm coming. I'm coming to you. Eyes of fire, sword coming out of his mouth. Millennial kingdom established. We're given positions in his kingdom for those who overcome. You gotta understand that. Like in in Revelation chapter 2 and 3, it's to those who overcome. You're going to have to overcome some things. You're going to have to overcome some things. You're going to have to overcome some things. You're going to have to overcome some things and keep faith in the Lord. You're going to have to overcome some things. You're going to have to overcome some things. I'm going to have to overcome some things. My children are going to have to overcome some things and remain faithful in those times. In the place of prayer, in the place of singing and rejoicing, knowing that we have a coming King when everything else is going to be like is it possible? Is he really coming? Mm-hmm. We're gonna have to hope in this and hope in his word, mm-hmm. like for real. This is what he's preparing us for. This is, you know, I could be wrong. I, I, I believe I'm gonna be alive when he returns. Maybe, maybe not. If not my kids,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I hope well, maybe I'm gonna be in my 80s. I don't know. Maybe there's 40, 50 years. Who knows? It may or may not be in our lifetime. But either way, we see what's going on in the world. We see the way the world's going. Uh-huh. Where, where are we going to be at protesting if there's a coming famine in the land? Uh-huh.
2: My
0: boss was telling me today, as I was like, I was kinda mad that he was telling me, he's like, Do you know there's gonna be a food shortage next year? <laughs> I did not want to hear that at nine o'clock in the morning you there was a shot of a little bit of anxiety that stirred up in my heart. Oh no. Shelves might be a little empty in our, it's hard to imagine in America, our shelves being empty, but there's a certain thing going on with the farm, whatever. I, I don't know. Take it for what it is. I haven't done my own research on it, but there could be. Never thought I would see empty shells ever in America. And COVID hits,